professional wrestling fans to the PW fan for over 50 years. Well, hang on, wait, that's not our intro. That's not our intro, guys. Sorry, that's the <laughs> wrong intro. Welcome to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for the fans. And we are back with episode 89. I'm your host, your grumpy old school wrestling fan, collector, barber, singer, guitarist of Fall Bright, and currently rocking the head to toe Orioles drip, the Baltimore Orioles, the best team in baseball, Talk Wrestling Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of Pro Wrestling Podcast, Funko Pop Collector, your favorite host, Booker Andy. Not really going with the favorite host thing. <laughs> uh, I, I'm also your host, the No Sound Wrestling Indie Fan and Football Lover, Jeremy. Which, I actually have a question, because I'm wearing this shirt, Danhausen shirt, because uh, Andy and I were talking. Where is Danhausen? Yeah, Where is Danhausen? He has punk a wore a Danhausen shirt on TV the other day. Yeah, punk wore it too. He has a uh, a uh, what is it? I'm sorry. Oh my god! Out of all people, oh ringside collectibles exclusive figure Danhausen. I saw it. Looks very good. Uh, it looks pretty awesome. I was thinking about getting it for the collection. So yeah, where is Danhausen? Where is he? Um, Let's all right, guys. Posters. Yeah. Where is he? Um, well, we got a good show today. We're going to be talking about a couple of good things. We got big Dark show. Side of the Ring. Yeah, big show. Uh, we have uh, a Dark Side of the Ring review, which was a great episode. Probably the sleeper of the season, to be honest with you. The Money in the Bank predictions coming up, and we're going to be doing our Forbidden Door review. Uh, but first, before we get started on this, you want to go to uh, YouTube.com backslash at the PW fan pod hit that subscribe button it really helps us out it goes a long way and uh you know in the algorithm and just making sure that we're more noticed and seen by other wrestling fans so if you could hit subscribe if you like our content really really helps us out we got merch on pro wrestling backslash the PW fan like I always say five different shirt designs and we got a Jeremy design coming soon based off his favorite football team so we'll uh We'll do that eventually. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be a cool shirt. I'm definitely going to get one of those for myself because I collect at least one of all the shirts. Um, Stick around at the end for our classic show of the week. But, uh, yeah, for all other social media, all you got to do is look up at the PW fan. We should pop right up where you can follow us, add us, do whatever you want to do. Andy, big show this week, buddy. I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, Before we get started, though, I just wanted to say we had a great week this week on – Social media, lots of interaction, lots of people watching the content and seeming like they enjoyed some of our clips. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. If you want to see more of that stuff in video format, like I said before, youtube.com backslash at the PW fan pod. All right, Andy, it is your turn to go, buddy. Let's get us started on this show this week. This week, we, at least until it goes off the air for the season, uh, we will be opening up with another Dark Side of the Ring episode. And this past week's episode was on the original Doink the Clown. Uh, He went under, or his real name was Matt Bourne. I'm going to pass it over to you, Tim. I think you guys watched it more more recently than I did, but this little backstory... Yeah, I actually watched it twice. So, Matt Bourne was a second-generation wrestler. Um, 
who was brought up the hard way. Uh, his dad, like as far as teaching him the old school ways of the business, his father taught him about, you know, sometimes you got to fight to be a man, that type of mentality. And he was a guy who carried some of that over. That's the thing. We're doing a review of The Dark Side of the Ring. I'm not going to tell you piece by piece because then there's no point of you watching it. All these episodes, guys, by the way, for the season four, for some reason, I don't know if it's because Vice Channel's going out of business or what, but which I've read, but all of the episodes this season are on YouTube, like in full, not edited. You could just watch them. Someone oh, uploads nice. them. I didn't no one... know that. Yeah, someone's been uploading them, and no one's even been stopping them. So you can go watch them right now. Um, but uh, yeah, his father brought him up the hard way, and he kind of had a tough guy attitude because of that. And he, you know, I don't want to bring my family shame. I'm a pro wrestler. I got to make sure that I'm always tough blah 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 and they get into some of that stuff um a very very talented in-ring wrestler like i said second generation uh went by a few different names uh he had his uh original matt born character where he was pretty much just some sh- himself and then he had his uh matt born or big josh sorry big josh in wcw i'm doing this all from memory uh, Big Josh in WCW, uh, he leaves WCW and goes to WWF where he becomes Doink the Clown, gets fired from WWF for all sorts of drugs problems. He has They'll go over his multiple issues. Uh, he goes to ECW and becomes the Born Again character and then eventually brings the Doink the Clown character onto the indies and does some like weird, dark stuff. Uh, him and Hacksaw have a whole feud on the episode. It's very weird because, like Mick Foley says, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is a very likable person. My favorite part. He's one of the more liked people in all of wrestling. He's, so you have he's, to he's not really a very hard. divisive guy. He's like, you have to try really hard not to like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, so, yeah, honestly, though, I know, I mean, I'm just giving you quick details. Go watch it. Doink the Clown, Dark Side of the Ring, Matt Bourne. Um, it was the sleeper of the season, I feel. I felt like it was the best episode so far. And honestly, I thought it was going to be the worst episode because I was like, how much meat is really on the bone with this? I didn't That's think what you said the week before, yeah. That last episode. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that Matt Bourne, <laughs> I had never really heard about all of his personal crazy problems. So that and was your wife liked it too. Episode. Your wife liked the episode. Yeah, then I watched it again with my wife because we, we watch true crime and stuff. And uh, that's kind of our thing that we watch together. And Dark Side of the Ring is like the best of both worlds. It's like a little bit of true crime, you know, with wrestling. So we watched that together. And even she was like, wow, this episode's sad. At the end, she goes, well, that was sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So next week's or this coming week's episode of Dark Side of the Ring. But next week we'll be talking about it. The Junkyard Dog. uh, The synopsis is one of the first black megastars in wrestling. The junkyard dog's journey to the top of the business was marked by addiction and unrealized potential. So we will cover that at the beginning of next week's episode. Junkyard Junkyard Dog, uh, for anybody who's not familiar, was a huge star in the late 70s and 80s uh, with Bill Watts in Mid-South Wrestling and then later becoming a big star in Vince McMahon's WWF early 80s stuff. So... Yeah, that that should be an interesting episode. I didn't know again. I didn't know that he was a guy that had a bunch of interpersonal turmoil. Um, I knew that, you know, eventually he faded out. I I had read that 
it had to do with like some like you know he had a he got really big towards the end and couldn't move around and stuff like he used to. I didn't know that he had a bunch of personal issues, so this should be another interesting episode. I'm look I always love hearing about stories well, that I don't already know. Like I already knew about the plane ride from hell. Well at like, the you know, Yeah, which JR never wants to talk about again. <laughs> um, but speaking about people that can't move around as well as they used to, we'll get into that with Forbidden Door. Um, wow. Okay. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> Andy, and I could, Andy and I couldn't uh, stop talking about it, dude. Okay. And, yeah. MJF immediately made fun of him. <laughs> well, let's save that till we get to it. Um, yeah. we get, let's get through some of these uh, weekly televised shows, though. Um, not too quickly, but some will be quicker than others. So this week of WWE, I believed had Vince kind of all over it. I read um, Nikon and Triple H weren't very happy, especially with SmackDown. SmackDown was not all that great, I don't think. But let's start with Raw. Raw up with Seth Rollins getting attacked by Finn Balor before his match, um, I guess, was supposed to be against The Miz who the Miz eventually would be in the ring and said that the open challenge was promised. And so he wanted to give the crowd uh, an open challenge. So he said, anyone in the back? And we had a returning Tommaso Ciampa, who when he was last seen on television before his injury, he was actually uh, teaming with the Miz. I guess he was considered a heel with him. Um, and But he returned. The Miz thought that he was you know, going to be buddy-buddy with him when he got in the ring, and he started attacking him. And they had a match, and the crowd was hot for Ciampa. So I was glad to see them, uh, glad to see him back as as I was. And it looks like his beard isn't dyed anymore, so he has the gray back in it. They're not doing that stupid shit. Yeah, so far, so good for Ciampa. Right and he has, he has his old music, and um, it writes like that no one will survive. Yeah. So, I, th- I, I, think yeah. It, I think it's nice that, and I, I think it's nice. I think it's been long enough, right, where we can just move on to the Miz's sidekick thing. Like, let's just forget about it. Start over. Yeah, they were wearing matching like green gear all the time, and uh, that was horrible, yeah, dude. When he was wearing, horrible. when Tommaso was wearing the neon green gear and was the Miz's sidekick, that was like the epitome of like yeah. Vince. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why? I'm like, I'm like, don't turn him into Damian Sandow with the Miz. Right. Yeah. Um. Then we had another segment, uh, kind of a big one for Money in the Bank. Logan Paul was found, was seen sitting on a ladder when we came back from commercial break later on. Uh, sitting on the ladder at the top of the ring, and he pretty much announced that he was going to be in the Money in the Bank match. Didn't have to qualify. Nothing. Uh, eventually, one by one, one by one, the contest or the the people who qualified for the match came out. Um, who got the biggest pop? The biggest pop was LA Knight. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The crowd, the crowd was hot for it. He had some shit to say uh, about Logan Paul, and then lastly, we had Butch come out, who didn't say a word and just went in and basically bitch slapped Logan Paul, <laughs> and all the wrestlers that are going to be in the match this Saturday um, they would eventually brawl now I'd heard look uh, we'll get to it with money in the bank projections never mind I'll save that for later 
We had a uh, Women's Money in the Bank qualifier. Trish Stratus defeated Raquel Rodriguez, which I was surprised that she's going to be in the Money in the Bank match. And then... uh, Who, Trish? No, I'm sorry. I thought you said uh, Raquel. Well, she faced Raquel, but she defeated Raquel. Yeah. yeah. But we'll we'll get to Raquel when we get to SmackDown. And then we had uh, Cody Rhodes, Kevin, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn teaming up to take on the Judgment Day. And winners were Cody, Kevin, and Sammy. So they defeated uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Anything to add before we get into Dynamite? Nope. Uh, no, right. I, mean, I mean, I do. I will say that, you know, Rhea Ripley just popped up on the screen, and she looks magnificent. I'll just throw that in there. Good. Other than that, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, if we don't need another Sky Blue talk or... Sorry, yeah. we we yell and Andy for the same stuff. So how come I how yeah. come I can't be dumb and she's whispering into my ear? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Dynamite opened up with the Guns versus the Hardys. Look, the Guns shouldn't have, don't deserve to have as cool of an entrance as they do. And the one brother, the one brother has the water and he goes bang and yeah. spits water and he bangs again cool. and spits water again. Their entrance goes hard. I don't understand why their maybe, their entrance is. The 50 Cent Many, many Men uh, track again, because that fits so much better. The one time they came out to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this match uh, ended with, I was kind of surprised, the Guns defeated the Hardys, but Jay Wright and Drews Robinson yeah. would come out and attack afterwards. Then FTR comes Rock out. Rock hard. Juice Robinson. Who? Jay Wright uh, and Juice Jeremy, Robinson attack. Jeremy, I don't know if you uh, if I brought this up to you, but uh, turns out a uh, friend of the show, Jim Cornette, uh, big uh, fan of Rock Hard Juice Juice Robinson. Interesting. Oh, Perf- really? Prefers him surprised. over J- prefers him over Jay White. Wow, so, I know. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I don't know about that. So, yeah, I, I, I told. I told Andy all the time I disagree with Corny frequently. I don't think he I disagree with him about Kenny Omega. I definitely don't agree with him about the Rock Hard Juice Robinson. Um, I, I'll be honest, Juice Robinson's grown on me a little bit more since in the past few weeks. He's grown on me more. He's so hilarious. And, yeah, the way he yells and everything and like, I think it's just like <sighs> I think when I'm just like when I'm looking at like what I would call a quote-unquote like serious wrestler who could be champ? His I, face I, me. I see more Jay White yeah. and not a guy named oh, Rock yeah. Hard. Jay White is definitely better. Than his him. face reminds me of a pug. Everything is tight and small right here. His eyes and nose. And <laughs> he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna whip your ass. You're gonna see him at some like MCW show, and he's gonna be like, "Come on, Rock Hard, small like bring a pug." <laughs> Everything's squished. You know, like Quentin Tarantino's face. Everything's like squished down, and he has a big ass like forehead. Everything's can I get, can I get seven large medium? Can I get seven large medium pizzas? It's an an old meme, for, an old meme for the old people. All right, all right. This segment, if I can get through it, J. White, Juice Robinson attack. FTR comes out to help out to no avail. Ricky Starks comes out, and then finally CM Punk comes out uh, and clears house, and then challenges all of them to a match minus or challenges all of them to a match uh this upcoming collision now Wait, part of the segment guy. 
He is a collision guy. He was on Dynamite, and they're in Chicago, and they're elite. The elite guys were not there, so that's probably why he was yeah. um, on Dynamite. Which he even mentioned, he's like, "I'm not even supposed to be here," because he ended up getting on the mic. Um, but part of the segment was done to write Jeff Hardy off of television for a little while because they are touring in Canada, and Jeff Hardy is not allowed in. So. That's where the Hardys are, though. I don't know why they had to lose and then get basically off of television. But yeah. For those of you oh, that well. don't understand, if you get multiple DUIs, usually... No, if you get one DUI, if you get one you're DUI, not you're not to leave the country. To. You're not allowed to into a different didn't, country. Mexico will take you. Mexico will take you. But Do, is, that, is, that factual? is that factual or are you just being an ass? I've looked it up. <laughs> I've looked it up. Andy's like, just in case I ever uh, need to get out of the country, I need to know what I can do yeah. later in life. <laughs> I know Canada won't. Canada's very strict about stuff, but Mexico will take you. I don't know about other countries. Now, the Usos have always had a problem in the past. Somehow they got them in for Elimination Chamber. Vince paid yeah. someone off something, man. Nick Khan was like, Definitely we need did. them for the bloodline angle. <laughs> um, yeah, we were saying last night. So, I don't understand how that how they pulled that off, but somebody pulled some strings. Yeah. Because when that when yeah. they do like a televised event up there, the Usos don't go. They've had to miss. Yeah. So, uh, next we had they call themselves La Suzuki Gods, which is Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minaro Suzuki. Uh, they challenged Sting, Darby, and a partner of Sting, Darby's choosing at Forbidden Door. Then we had a, a segment with Adam Cole, Bebe, and MJF. Um, so let's get right into that. I almost got it mixed up with a different segment with themselves. But um, it turns out one one takeaway from this is that these two guys are they're doing like a tag team. It's it's like a random tag team tournament where you just they're drawing. Right from like a blind tag team tournament. Blind, yeah. And well, apparently MJF and Adam Cole were uh, picked to team up together. I'm surprised for this for this, this tournament. This is the thing that WWE does all the time. They yeah, it's it's the wacky tag team partners who hate each other. It's an overdone yeah. gimmick that uh, yeah. I read was made by Vince Russo. And WWE, you know, over relies on it yeah. all the time. And um, but Adam Cole and MJF have, I think, pretty solid chemistry that it might actually be. Um, yeah, I think done really well. You know, they did the whole. They both told said shut up, Shivani at the same time. That was kind of a funny yeah. part of this uh, segment. I'm sure eventually we'll get though Cole versus MJF, and I assume at All In. Yeah, I guess because I mean that's an August already, it. so it's the next pay per view for them. Yeah. Um. But Adam Adam Cole ended up saying that uh, the fact is MJF has never beaten Adam Cole. Uh, MJF also would say Adam Cole came back better than ever, and I'm the one who brought him out of you. Uh, I know you won't give me credit. It's fine. It's fine. And then Shivani was talking about the tag uh, teaming up with uh, Adam Cole. And MJF says, you want me to wrestle every week? Are you out of your mind? Are you some kind of sick pervert? <laughs> um, 
but I, I like I like the I do like the chemistry with Adam Cole and MJF. It's much better than Jericho. Yeah. It's like a breath of fresh air when it comes to comes to that. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, we had a Eddie Kingston promo later on in the night, and he would he would basically end up saying, I believe he was yelling at Moxley during this, but he said, uh, "You drew that line, not me. I love you. You're my brother." You drew that line, not me. So basically saying, you know, he's pissed at Moxley for siding with Claudio and stuff because not everyone knows, I should say. But if you're in the know of, especially AEW, you probably know Eddie Kingston and Claudio in real life don't like each other. I guess the the thing with AEW sometimes is we know, right? But... We're a certain type of fan. I think sometimes Tony or AW Tony. They tried to explain that for Ben Door, but they couldn't do it right without mentioning WWE. Let me me just say, I think sometimes they assume a lot. They just assume that everybody is smart fans and are going to know, like, oh, this guy doesn't like this guy. That is their audience. I understand, but, like, wouldn't the goal, though, be to grow? And in order to do so, you would maybe need to explain a little bit of why the line, what that now, means. Now, maybe they did with their feud in ROH, but we weren't watching because we're not paying for it. But Yeah, I just think that... Because they did have a match before Mania. Okay, just hear me out. Again, I love AEW. I know we like to give it a hard time, but that's only because I wanted to do good. Um, but... Yeah, like that is their audience. We are their audience. But if you if you wanted to expand, I'm just saying that normally, like, there's not a a WWE thing that goes unchecked. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there's like, well, whatever happened? Like, how come this didn't happen? Or whatever happened to this? But normally, even when it's like, I'm trying to think of a current example. Um, Someone who's feuding right now that, like, they had a rivalry years ago. Uh, Andy, we were just talking about it the other day. Wasn't there some rivalry in, like, 2015 that, like, they're just now picking up again in WWE? But they're explaining, like, in the storyline why. You're talking about Seth and Finn? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, so Seth and Finn talking about how you were the champ and I ended it, blah, blah, blah. They're going to explain why he's saying that stuff with video packages and commentary. And I feel like some of that stuff helps people catch up a little bit on what they're talking about. Because, like, I feel like if you just assume that everybody knows, that's, like, a hard thing to do sometimes. Just, like, what if somebody's watching and they're like, I really want to watch AEW, but I've never watched New Japan and I've never watched this. But I have no idea what they're talking about and what's happening. You know what I mean? That's all. Yeah, I'm they saying. assume almost not, everyone's watched from the beginning I'm, and never. Yeah, missed like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not coming at it like. I'm not coming at it like being like, oh, this is like negative. I'm just saying, like, for some stuff like this, some more explanation I think could be good. That's all. No, I agree. Um. So yeah, that was that was that had to do with the Eddie Kingston segment, um, and he would announce. But that again, what she, we were talking about. To bring it full circle, it's just like how would they? How would we know that Claudio and um, Eddie Kingston didn't really like each other unless you were watching that ROH show? And if and let's be honest, that's a hard. 
not the easiest thing to watch Or if watch you took either. the time to Google like I did, which not everyone's going to do. Right. So a little extra. A little, even the commentators being like, they had an issue at this point 10 years ago or whatever. Like, that would have helped out a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think the guy on... I know we're getting to something from Forbindor, but Kevin Kelly asked, like, basically what the issue was, and Excalibur, it seemed like, it sounded like on the spot had to say what happened without mentioning kind of a WWE in the situation. Because really what happened, for those that don't know, as far as I know, is the main issue is that Claudio, they were friends, but when Claudio got called up to WWE, he wouldn't put Eddie over, which is kind of what you do when you're on your way out. And he refused to. That was, I think, yeah. the big thing, or at least one of the big things. And I could be wrong, but that's what yeah. I've read on. Now, like, I'm, I'm just curious, and I'm just curious, and I know we're pivoting, and we'll, the, we'll jump right back on the timeline for the show. But I just was wondering because Jeremy is more kind of like open-minded to some of that stuff. Like, Jeremy, you don't think that maybe like the announcers telling a little more backstory would be helpful, or you think it's just if you want to know, you'll look it up on your own. No, I do think they need to probably ex- explain more. Like, even just a simple thing, like you were saying, like, they, they had issues in the past or whatever. So people well, like, oh, uh, there's something there. For instance, right? Like, I'm just saying, like, two weeks ago or last week when Joe and Punk are going are going one-on-one in the ring. Yeah. And the whole crowd's erupting, right? I know why. You guys know why. But if I'm a rando that's only watched Roman Reigns... I don't know about their Ring of Honor feud 10 years ago. I don't know why these guys, why these people are getting a standing ovation. They quickly said something, though, I believe. But I don't think that's enough, though. You got to explain a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah, they did, like, AEW in the the early years, I think, did really well with video packages when they had to, like, show new people and all this stuff. They don't do that. To give the commentators credit, though, to give the commentators credit, you also have to realize, though, they're also commentating on a match, so you can't fall yeah. behind on the commentating but because you're trying to explain the story. Right, yeah. You know, then you're... It's tough. You it's can, tough. You, you, can you can skip a couple Snapdragons to tell the story, all right? You can <laughs> tell me what's going on. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, let's wrap up Dynamite. After Eddie Kingston did his segment, uh, Brian Danielson called out Okada, and we had a little face-to-face before their uh, upcoming match um, last night on Sunday the 25th. Uh, But let's get into SmackDown before we get into um, Money in the Bank predictions, um, as well as Collision and everything else we have to talk about. So SmackDown opened up with the Usos, who had some words from Roman Reigns without actually saying it directly to his face. It was more to the camera. Um, kind of saying, you know, uh, I believe Jimmy said, Jay, he was talking to Jay. He said, Jay, to me, it sounds like you made the absolute perfect choice. And then Jay said, where you messed up, Ooze, basically talking to Roman Reigns. He said, you disrespected me and my brother. Um, Jay would also say, well, we can't forgive is the ones on the outside of the, is the ones on the outside of the house. Um, so he was saying, you know, he could, they for, could forgive Roman. They could forgive Solo cause they're blood, but, um, basically put a lot of blame on Heyman, I believe. And then the Uso said, uh, Solo, Sokoa, Roman Reigns. And we, they said, welcome. 
to the Uso Penitentiary, which we haven't heard in a long time. Uh, yeah, not since, uh, yeah, not since the Bloodline. So those guys will be uh, going after one another um, at Money in the Bank. And Tim, just what you were talking about. If we're watching Raw right now, they're explaining, they're showing clips of Finn Balor winning the Universal Title. They're kind back of giving story. the backstory while Finn is addressing what, well, what and, happened and, and what was That's what I'm saying, dude. That was like, what, seven years ago? And we're talking stuff... Yeah, 2017. That, we're talking stuff that might be in double digits years ago. Like, you gotta let some of these people yeah. know what's going on. Or Some why. of these young fans weren't even alive when Claudio right, yeah. and Eddie were... Yeah. It was early 2000s. Yeah, I forget what the... Chikara or something was the promotion. My thing, my thing is before 2010. My thing is this: if you're buying a ticket to go to AEW, okay, you're most likely 85, 90 percent. You're probably a hardcore fan, unless you're just like a dad bringing his kids because it's something to do. There's people watch on TV too, casual fans. But what I'm, but what I'm saying is right. So if you're there, yeah, you're gonna know what's going on because you're like a you're probably into it. You spend some money, you're down, you're down enough to spend some money to go to this thing. You probably know at least you're probably a professional wrestling fan. I'm just saying there's a whole segment of people, and if you want to gatekeep and be like, I don't want those people watching this product, then fine, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, if you want to expand, you gotta sometimes explain what we're seeing a little bit so people understand oh that's why this this crowd's going crazy because these guys had a rivalry rivalry 20 years ago and they're for the first time stepping in the ring like you got to say stuff like that you know for the first time in however many years like no i I get you it's just is it extra work they want to do or they want to keep assuming or do they really feel like they have to do it i don't know I think it's our personal preference, but I I think these are just the weaknesses I notice again being a barber. I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of uh I have a lot of clients who bring their kids in and their kids are in middle school and yeah, like late elementary and middle school. And I asked them, I said, Do you watch AEW? And this kid the other day had me cracking up, dude. This kid was probably eleven or twelve years old, and I don't know where he read this or heard this or what. But I said, do you watch AEW? And he said, no, I don't watch AEW. And I said, oh, you don't like it? And he goes, well, AEW has the rest, best roster, but they don't know what to do with them. And I was like, dude, this is coming from an 11-year-old kid. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Interesting. Um, all right, let's push on, though. Because I think I think we're going we're just keep talking about how they need to do these stories and it's just like, well Tony I was about to literally be like I'm really into this Finn Balor Seth Rollins stuff because they're doing a good job of explaining the story. T- Tony's a big fan of the show. He's gonna make it right. Tony, we need explanations. Clearly. We need, you know, just a little backstory, my my baby. All right. Never we never talk bad about his product. No. Um, we had a women's tag team unification match. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Ronda and Shayna are the women's tag team champions, and Isla Dawn and Alba Fire are the NXT women's tag team champions. Winners were Ronda and Shayna, who are now the unified tag team champions, 
and Raquel Rodriguez uh, would come out and said basically she wants her titles that they never lost, as in her and Liv Morgan. Um, they never lost them because Liv got hurt. And then we uh, had a returning Liv Morgan. So I believe we're getting that match either this uh, Friday or at the pay-per-view. Um, I'd have to check my notes, but if it's on there, yes, we are getting that at the pay-per-view. Uh, we had Grayson Waller effect with special guest Pretty Deadly. Uh, they talk about the upcoming match with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and they talk about the previous gauntlet match that they won on last Friday, and the Street Profits would eventually come out, leading to a match between the two teams. Uh, Charlotte Flair would defeat Lacey Evans, and Asuka would end up attacking Charlotte afterwards. Uh, kind of missed her head with the kick, but... Uh, you know, Asuka's in a little bit of a heel position. And our main event, I believe, was Sheamus versus Solo Sokoa. Uh, nice hard-hitting match. Winner, there was no winner, winner technically, because uh, the ref rings the bell because uh, Sheamus uh, was out, I believe, from going through the barricade, which is silly to me that that was the reason. I think he got uh, basically speared through there by Solo. Um Solo starts attacking medical, and then the Usos would end up coming out and super kicking Solo and taking him out. So uh, that would wrap up SmackDown. Let's get into Rampage, though. Uh, we had an Adam Cole and MJF segment, and if you can believe this, it's kind of crazy to think about when when I heard them say it. This was MJF's first ever appearance on Rampage. That's crazy. After all this time, MJF's never been on Rampage till now. I mean, it makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. But he thanks Adam Cole for pushing him to accept the challenge uh, at Forbidden Door, and he ends it by saying, partner. Uh, and he said he'd, he figured he'd do him a solid as his tag partner, so we got Adam Cole booked for a match at Forbidden Door against filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, Adam Cole would end up getting attacked by Tom Lawler and one of Tom Lawler's buddies. And MJF would be at the top of the ramp being like, oh, no, partner, don't worry, I'm coming. And he would take his sweet old time. And by the time he got to the ring, they were done attacking him. Um, But as we would find out yesterday, uh, Adam Cole was sick, which what I read was to be the the flu. And so he did not end up having his match against Tom Lawler at Forbidden Door. Um, Apparently they were questioning him. Wrestling at Forbidden Door even before that, though, because he, I think, suffered an injury during the MJF match uh, with the elbow drop through the table spot, I think. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean when he smashed his fucking head on the ground and the guys had fucking ten concussions <laughs> or whatever? I'm sorry to get I, I hot remember. about it. I'm sorry to get hot about it, but it's like, dude, what are you doing? Why? Uh, <laughs> So uh, the, our next segment, though, with Rampage, Tim's getting hot. It's getting, getting hot. Um, I'm tired. Of, do you ever get like I'm just saying from the last ten years of watching wrestling, how many times has everybody been on the goddamn roster at the same time and someone's not been hurt? Like three. Like someone always has to get hurt or injured or like concussed, and then like this guy's gone. But the roster's like never fully complete, like how it should be. It's like, oh well, we had everybody, Danielson. and then three, three guys got hurt. 
Danielson mentioned, uh, I think it was last year, AW didn't have Danielson, Cole, or Punk. Yeah, for, for Bindor. Uh, yeah, all at the same time. Or, no, or Cole, or Cole's on for, for, for Bindor. Oh, for That's when he Omega got her. Yeah. We'll get into um, it during Forbidden Door, but the, one of the biggest pops of the night was Kenny Omega putting his foot on the rope. And I'm just saying, you don't always have to kill yourself to get a gigantic reaction. But we'll get into yeah, it later. I mean, Tim, we're the biggest on the same the page whole, with a lot of stuff last one of the biggest, One of the biggest pops of the whole pay-per-view, all Kenny Omega did was put his foot on the rope and broke a three count. That's all he did. No front flips, no uh-huh. back flips, nothing. Uh, all right, we had a, an acclaim segment where Q, uh, people from QTV come out. Uh, her, her name is Harley Cameron. Was the girl? She's the, I believe, Australian girl that's always oh, on Shane, QTV. Yeah, they're chanting, "Who are you?" Um, she ends up doing a rap because she said that she can rap like the acclaim. Actually, wasn't that? Easy. Yeah, whatever, Jeremy. Um, no, I mean, like, Jeremy, Jeremy's like Jeremy's like I love hip hop. <laughs> Jeremy's like I'm waiting for that album to drop right now. Um, during her rap, though, she says rap. that Bones is into her. During her rap, she says Bones is into her, and Bones will get on the mic to say, "He's like I mean this in the nicest way possible." Did you get kicked in the head too many times by a kangaroo when you were a kid? Um, he says, because I don't know if you can see my gear, lady, I'm gay. And the crowd ends up cheering, and then we get a whole bunch of he's, he's gay, gay chants. He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. Uh, QT Martin. Hold on, QT- hold on, Andy. Hold on. Just yeah. to take a moment. The, there was a wrestling crowd chanting, he's gay, and it was a positive moment, which is a huge yeah. thing in America. One of the best, <laughs> coolest things I've ever well, seen what, in wrestling. Well, the, 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 I mean, that is true, but one thing I've always noticed with the wrestling community is that everyone's very accepting with, well, with now, like, the LGBTQ. No, like, the wrestling community, I always thought, like, yeah, of, yeah. like, fans. I not mean, have like you ever people in general? There's still plenty of people out there that are not, I but mean, the wrestling community, I, mean, I always felt like, was very inclusive. The, the wrestling community in the last... 10 to 15. Maybe not AJ Styles, but... Jeremy's like two years. But I was going to say the last 10 to be generous, but Andy needs to go back and watch some of those Goldust clips of Goldust like pretending to kiss a dude and people losing their mind. No, no, no. No, I mean, no, you're 100% correct, and I have seen those clips. I have seen those clips. You're 100% correct, and Jeremy's right. No, I mean, for an it was literally basically the entire arena. It was yeah. sick. I loved it, dude. Yeah. And you know what? If if you got a problem with that, don't fucking listen to this podcast. Go somewhere else. We don't want you here anyway. I mean, then you then you have guys who you know aren't even a part of that community supporting it out there on television, like Punk and FTR. And yeah, yeah. there's wrestlers yeah. backstage that also are, um, like Sunny Kiss that that are actually part of that community that have no problem yeah. letting everyone know when they're out there and on the internet and stuff. So um no yeah, I, I mean I think you're it, right. It is a very I big deal. It, I think it's cool when people like Sonny Kiss and uh Anthony Bowens actually 
do and acknowledge that stuff because they actually are gay. It's not like some weird character that they're like making them play on TV. What, uh, where it's like my thing is like, it's like yeah. but hang on, just hear me out. But it's like half making fun of it, like Goldust doing like in uh, whatever stuff, and then like uh, uh, what's his face, Orlando Jordan, who is gay, but they just made him be like it. Almost felt like they were like making fun of him in a oh, way. Yeah. It's it's different. It's like I like when someone can just do them and it's like not, they're not like making fun of them. They're just like being themselves, you know? Or like trying to like play into a stereotype or some shit, you know what I mean? Outside of social media though, I feel like on I don't think Anthony Bones has ever said anything on television except for No, he he has a legendary he, Yeah, no, he, no, TV. He's never said really anything on television straight up, but he has that legendary picture of uh, of him and his boyfriend standing in front of those guys uh, where they're holding a sign that says God hates and they have the F slur on there. And and he's giving his boyfriend a big fucking kiss right in front of him. And I think that's badass. <laughs> Fuck them. Yes. Um, I do want to continue. I mean, it's, I know it's a great thing. Which I, I do want to continue pushing forward, though, to yeah, no, the rest of the show, guys. Because um, this segment's not even over with, though. So after those chants, though, QT Marshall comes out. He ends up saying something about Cody Rhodes or hinting at Cody Rhodes, but with the TNT Championship, I thought. He said something about it. Oh, hang on. Wait, just real quick. Did we already talk about... Was that last week where Punk brought out the uh, the uh, support LB, LGBTQ youth? Was that last week or yeah, this week? That was at the end of Collision, I believe. Last week. Yeah, well. But it was, you, it was we last talk about, week's Collision. Yeah, is it, du- did we talk about Dutch Mantel? How he. No, that uh, guy can go fuck himself, though. Yeah, so Dutch Mantel. Yeah. yeah, Dutch Mantel was like. Why would you want to bring up political issues during a wrestling show? And Brody it was King, Brody King that said something. Brody yeah. King is the man and had the best response of all. He said, "I bet you thought black people and women wanting equal equal rights was a political issue to you, old fuck." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> dude, Brody King is the man, dude. Love Brody King." Um, but back to the segment. Um, QT Marshall would end up saying to the acclaimed, I liked your act better in 2003 when the You Can't See Me man did it, and he didn't need his head up daddy ass, up daddy's ass to get over. And so right after this, one of the mask guys that was out there with uh, QTV would reveal himself to be Johnny TV, a.k.a. John Morrison, and he would end up taking out Billy Gunn. So it looks like John Morrison is part of this whole QT Marshall group at least for right now yeah not, i'm not really too hyped on it but yeah uh we had an owen hart foundation women's tournament match tim's favorite sky blue versus anna J. winner was sky blue i believe they were in you chicago guys, so the crowd you kind guys of do, lost it you do know why sky blue is so over right because she's got a fat ace <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on <laughs> Did we just talk about wrestling fans and being inclusive? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. J- Jamie's right. We like all ass sizes. We are inclusive. Yeah, I'm, I'm very inclusive. I love all asses, big oh, and small. <laughs> but Sky Blue's got a big one. 
Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jungle Boy would end up wrestling one of Sonata's uh, buddies, and I, I don't think it's pronounced Dookie, but that's what Justin Roberts said when he came out. Um, I think Excalibur would end up saying it correctly during the match, but the crowd would came, kept chanting Dookie. Uh, Jungle Boy would end up winning, though, and beating Dookie. It is thunderstorming here. I don't even know if you guys can hear that. All right, let's get into Collision. Uh, collision. Chris Jericho and Minoru Suzuki come out. Jericho cuts a promo, and during it, I believe they're in Toronto at this point. He says, I'm not from Toronto. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiots. Uh, nice little throwback to the old infamous Chris Jericho video that's on YouTube. when uh, Where he says, like, Go back I'm to from Toronto. Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Jericho wants to know who Sting and Darby's forbidden partner is, forbidden door partner is. Sting and Darby come out, and it's revealed that it's Naito, who Jericho feuded with a couple years ago in New Japan. Uh, we had a vid- uh, backstage video, not backstage, but kind of a video package from Miro, who is renouncing his god, his gold, and his beautiful wife. I don't know why, but yeah, okay. We had Swerve Strickland versus Tanahashi. I did not watch this match, but I'm glad I didn't after seeing Forbidden Door. Winner was Tanahashi. We have MJF on video on the Titan Tron afterwards. And he said he told Tony Khan he wants to be match number one so he doesn't have to be at Forbidden Door longer than he needs to be or in Toronto. He doesn't have to be around all these uh, indie guys from Japan, as he called it. And we'll get into MJF's... uh, Attire, what it said on the back. Gear. When his gear when he came out. Um, we have Brody King versus Andrade, which I thought was a good match. Uh, Buddy Matthews would interfere before Brody King could tap, though, and attack Andrade afterwards. We had a Christian Cage and Luchasaurus segment. Uh, Christian Cage is still acting like he is the TNT champion. He would correct himself a few times, saying uh, "we" instead of "I." even though it really should be he. Uh, we had a women's Owen Hart tournament match, Willow Nightingale versus Nyla Rose. Willow would end up winning. And we had a video backstage interview with Scorpio Sky, um, who seems to be in a more serious character role. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated a jobber, and then our main event was CM Punk teaming up with FTR and Ricky Starks against the Guns and Bull Cup Gold. All right. First time Punk's been back outside of Chicago. Very mixed reactions, man. Very mixed reactions from this crowd. Uh, and there's a lot of that going around lately. Um, the winners, after what I thought was a good match, I really liked the main event, were the Guns and Bullet Club Gold. I believe Ricky Starts would end up getting pinned. Um, you guys want to talk about that match really quick? I thought yeah. it, I thought it was good, and honestly, I think I actually liked the fact that I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I like that Punk isn't coming back, and he's automatically invincible. Like just because he's yeah. on the team, the whole team has to win. You know, like like they took they took a loss, and I'm okay with that. I think that's good. It's realistic. They care more about singles losses, I feel like, with guys like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, it's not like 
it didn't feel forced like all oh, punks back. Of course, his team's gonna go over. It felt natural. Yeah. But I, I like I like some Jay White and Punk. I am a fan of that. Um, he posted that. But, Did you see? He posted just him and Jay White on his Instagram today. Just Jay White holding the Bullet Club gun to his head. It's just the two of them. And I was like, <laughs> ah, he's hinting yeah. at something. I'm in. Yeah, I mean, if Punk's ever be around for a little bit, and Jay White signed, you know, who who says they can't have he a few later be around on. for a little bit? Yeah. Until he gets a title again and gets injured. Every time he gets a title, he gets injured. So Apparently, he debated doing a dive in the crowd that did not like him. Yeah, Don't do the dive. It was like after the show. Don't, Don't do the dive. again. Um, okay. So that wraps up yeah. all the televised shows this week. I want to get into Money in the Bank predictions and then Forbidden Door. Um, this is really no specific order. It's just the order I wrote it down. The men's money in the bank match. Logan Paul versus Ricochet versus Shinsuke versus Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, Santos Escobar, and Butch. Logan Paul, unfortunately. L- Logan Paul. Because yeah. I had read a while ago, if you think L.A. Knight's going to win, you're going to be really disappointed. <sighs> Unless I see, it, I see it from a marketing but from a business point, like perspective, that like, yeah, Logan Paul makes sense to get yeah, eyes. Because... Logan yeah, Paul can bring know. that briefcase on his impulsive show, like yeah. how yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the one guy Brodus Clay brings his title on the news network. Oh, like, think, but um, the thing about Logan Paul brings his pot his briefcase on the podcast, and like Andy's saying. He could look at the camera and say, I can cash this in at any time. And think about how many people yeah. watch watch yeah. that. You know? so it makes yeah. sense. I'm not happy about it, but... Yeah, I hate that it makes sense. I think it he'll do makes... some crazy stuff, though, in the match. I think he'll, I think he'll have some cool spots. It, it makes business sense. At some point, though, you got to pull the trigger on L.A. Knight. He's starting to get that The Rock... Not the rock in his prime, yeah. but the the rock when he was starting to get really over. People like, are saying he's, he's a mix that, of Stone Cold and the Rock. He's getting that yeah, reaction. I feel like it's too early though for that still. You what? It's too early. I feel like it's still too early for that. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's too early, but um, <laughs> it's never gonna. He's never gonna get anything if you don't do something. You got to pull the yeah. trigger. Yeah, but I mean right. the. If if you are an, a person that actually listens to the crowd reactions, you'll you'll notice when all those guys came out for Money in the Bank, especially Santos like Escobar, they don't really give a shit. But when LA Knight came out, he was the only one that really got a good reaction on Raw. Yeah. Um, okay, so we all agree, Logan Paul. All right, women's women's Money in the Bank: Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark. Trish Stratus, Raquel Rodriguez, Selena Vega, Bailey, Shotzi, and EO. I'm going to go with EO. I think the company is high on her after Backlash and the reaction she got there. Um, I guess I can also see Selena, weirdly enough. I don't see Zoe, Trish, or Becky because of their stuff they got going on. I see yeah. Bailey almost going for it, but EO wanting it for herself. And kind of being like, fuck you, Bailey. 
Yeah, that's made like little like mini feud. Almost. Yeah, and Raquel. I wrote down that she's in the match, but she has a match with the tag team. I don't know. Maybe she's not in it anymore, but she's supposed to be facing Ronda and Shayna now that Liv's back. So I'm not sure yeah. what's going on. But either way, I don't think it's her. I think it's... I'm going with EO. What about you guys? Oh, damn. Actually, Our main event tonight just... is Carmelo Hayes, the NXT champion versus Finn Balor. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. That's good. Really? I guess whatever um, segment just happened, but I'm cool. gonna go with I'm actually gonna go with Bailey. You're going with Bailey, okay. So I said EO, I'm, you said Bailey, Tim. I'm I'm actually with Andy on this. I'm gonna go with EO. I did read that they are thinking about calling up Carmelo Hayes soon anyway, so this is a good way to get him on T V. This is the second week in a row he's been in the audience of Raw because he was feuding with Corbin, but they already had their match. Um, and Seth, I, I did watch the Seth and Braun Breaker match uh, on NXT for the World Heavyweight title. It was good. Balor attacked him afterwards in NXT. So it was cool to see both Seth and Finn back in NXT for a little bit. Um, yeah. This was the day after that Finn had attacked him. Uh, next match, Women's Tag Team Championships for Kel and Liv versus Ronda and Shayna. I think Ron and Shayna retain. Yeah. Uh, that one's pretty obvious for now. Yeah. I think Tim could probably agrees with that as well. For sure. And then, World Heavyweight Championship, Finn versus Seth. Seth. This is tough. I think... Right. Seth. I don't think it's a clean win, and they take it to SummerSlam. But I think yeah. Seth ends up technically retaining, but maybe Balor, like... Goes too hard because he's too pissed off. Should be. Yeah, I, I should mean, be. I, I feel like they're not going to take off Seth as fast. Yeah, I feel, I feel no. like they can't take it. Seth's so over and they can't take it off him yet. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad for Finn, but to put Finn in the main event, even if he loses, that's good. So. But. Yeah, I mean, I then if Seth they wins, can stretch though. it to SummerSlam, then you come full circle the seven years later, SummerSlam to SummerSlam. Easy storytelling. I can see that. Yeah. And then maybe you get the demon. But I would also be down with do a little back and forth, you know, like they used to. They haven't done this in a long time. Maybe Balor holds the title for a month or two, then Seth gets it back, and they do like an ongoing, you know, remember they used they to used do that to do with this... Sasha and Charlotte, I remember, was like one of the recent. Right, but they wouldn't just do like, not just that, but like they would have guys like Flip Flop, like Edge and Cena. Like they would always pass the title back and forth. Like they would yeah. have these. Like paper these and give it longevity. It's matches. like, well, that's when, re, that's when you get your rematch mattered. You know, you lost your title, yeah, yeah. You're, you're entitled to a rematch. That's when that shit mattered. Which, which I don't feel like people bring that up much anymore. No. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Dominic. Cody. I mean, Cody better win this. <laughs> Cody. I'm going with Cody. Um, Roman Reigns and Solo versus the Usos. I don't know. Roman and Solo. That's me. Like, I, right now, that's the I'm going right. Usos. I... I don't know, but I have to pick, right? So, 
My gut says Roman and Solo with Jeremy. Roman Solo, okay. I'm doing Usos. Yeah. All right. I just feel like maybe it's, it's at SummerSlam when the Usos beat them, or like when uh, they get over on Roman. When's Roman ever going to defend the championship? I was thinking maybe SummerSlam, him. Roman and Jay go at it for the championship, but the problem be, is. Yeah. The problem is, and we've been saying this on multiple episodes for the last year, is there's no one... Now that you've burned through Cody, and Cody's worried, you know, Cody's focusing on a different title, basically. He's falling on hard times, baby. The... You're back to having nobody on Roman's level. Yeah. There's just... Yeah, that's why Seth, That's why they did the belt. Seth's the fighting champion. No one... No one on that roster, if you think of every single person, is besides Cody and Seth. Besides there's Brock. no one else. There's uh, how many more times? Brock doesn't need a title though anymore. Brock is past the point. He doesn't need and also a title. It's been Brock versus Roman twenty times in a row. So there's yeah. if Brock is like For a long the one. Time. Brock is the one. What about guy, Lashley? Right? Again, it's not believable. At this point, I only believe that Roman's going to win. You, ha- No one's Dude. convincing me. Oh. No. I got one. I got one. I don't think they've Dude. feuded this whole tribal chief time. He might be returning from injury. Randy. Randy Orton. Okay. You can get a good program out of that, and I think you get some good pay-per-view matches and a good feud. <laughs> I still think Roman wins all those matches. Yeah. But then Roman wins, and then we have. <laughs> you gotta. I feel like you gotta have a feud eventually, whether Randy has the title or not. Cody and Randy, easy storytelling. Well, you gotta do that. That's gotta happen eventually. Yeah. If if Cody won eventually won the world heavyweight and they did the Randy, Cody story, that'd be sick. That'd be cool. Yeah. Easy storytelling. Um, okay, lastly for Money in the Bank, this uh, I got announced today. We we I know we never tell the people where exactly we live because you know we don't any, we don't want any of what we call the sickos to show up and get us. But uh, Andy and I live. In, <laughs> sorry, uh, Jeremy and uh, me live in a completely different state than Andy actually. And uh, Andy, it's thunderstorming very badly here as well. I could hear I heard you say that earlier. And now it's making it's making its way up the yeah. Jeremy and I live like about an hour apart, and then Aaron, Andy lives another thirty five minutes from me. So it's a bad okay. storm here on the East Coast. It's wet out. It's wet out. It's wet. It's wet, it's wet out. Things are wet. Um, but this match got announced today on Twitter. Matt Riddle versus Gunther Intercontinental Championship. Don't really care for Matt Riddle. We all know you guys hate how he dresses. But I was thinking, if it's as hard-hitting, if not harder-hitting, than Sheamus and Matt Riddle at Mania, it could be a banger of a match. I have no problem with the way actually Matt Riddle wrestles at all. I actually like his wrestling. I just don't like the character. I don't like how he barely like seems to take things seriously and... Just after last week, we just are noticing that he's butt ass naked now. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the part because he doesn't have any pads so or boots. I can't like him. 
can't. But he doesn't. You know what it is? He unless he's wearing pads. He doesn't wear the uh, he doesn't wear the fight shirt for shorts anymore. He went he went full speedo. Yeah, speedo. yeah he, he went, went full speedo. He used to have him. He used to have him go down the the quads a little bit, like more like shorts. Now he like looks a, like a toddler yeah. running around because he has no <laughs> boots or shoes or socks or elbow pads or knee pads. He's rocking the Jimmy Superfly so like a toddler gimmick. running away from his mom down the hallway. <laughs> um, but I still think Gunther's going to win the Intercontinental Championship. I think Gunther's going to win the Royal Rumble, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I don't see who else right now, unless it's LA Knight. No, they're really high on Gunther from what I've I've read over the past couple months. Gunther... Gunther and L.A. Knight, even though L.A. is, and he said, I mean, if I had to pick a second, yeah, L.A. Knight. He said that he's yeah. not Fully your Rumble. typical. He says he's not your typical forty-year-old, but I think that that's why they wanted him to be the manager for maximum male modeling because once Vince hurt his age, whatever. it's like what you have plenty of guys in their forties on the roster. AJ Styles, AJ Styles like, came to WWE at like forty. AJ Styles is like. AJ Styles is like 65 years old at this point. And he's no, I'm still... not saying LA Knight is any AJ Styles wrestling talent wise, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, okay. So we all in agreement with Gunther. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up, like I said, the money in the bank predictions. Let's get into Forbidden Door. Now, Jeremy, I missed. Or me and Tim missed because we watched it together. I missed the um, buy-in. Is it worth talking about? I know. Not really. <laughs> okay. Um, I know we had someone against someone named Billy Starks. It was a girl match. I think it was yeah, a. She was a. Uh, who who did she wrestle though? Uh, Athena. It was for part of the Athena. Owen Hart uh, tournament. Do you remember who won that? Athena did. Yeah. Athena, okay, so like Athena moves on. Billy Starks was 18 years old, and she was that good already. Yeah, I, I remember when they were advertising it that she was like, they were like, she's amazing for can't believe she's only 18 years old, kind of thing. Um, was there three. another match, or was that it? There was three matches, so including that one. So oh, Jesus. there was uh, one with. Bad friends, or I guess chaos—they call them. Uh, and I, I don't know. I forget who all. Let's just get into the main players. show. Yeah, they, they weren't right. that important. <laughs> all right, MJF versus Tanahashi, AW World Championship. Where do I start with this match? Well, let's start with the entrances. All right, let's start there. MJF, yeah. his uh, Tanahashi had his. It seemed like a typical entrance for Tanahashi. He came out with the air guitar. Um. But MJF came out, and his, Tanahashi, his gear. Tanahashi is the Japanese Hulk Hogan. Now, I feel bad saying that, though, because he only seemed that way because of the way he was moving. So I don't know if that's true wait, wait, anymore. We, we've only seen him like when he's like older. Like, we didn't like watch. He's not that old! <laughs> he's 42! There's some NJPW fans listening right now that are so mad. They're like, no. <laughs> Look, I did do some research during the. Okay, sorry, it's 46. You had Kojima in there that was moving better than Tanahashi. 
and Kojima's like 52. All right. Let's just start from the top. MJF's gear on the back of it, it said New Japan is indie or NJPW is indie. And New Japan is an indie. Is indie. Okay. Now, Tanahashi. And the man looks like when he's in the ring. He can't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not trying to make fun of him because it's it's horrible. I looked up stuff. It looks like he has. People will say, "quote unquote," no knees. Like his knees are messed up. Yeah. I think he has arthritis. He has knee surgeries and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like but, Tim said, like, I mean, you can Tim, see what MJF did. What did he do? Like. MJF made fun of him, like he did, like the crab walk kind of, and like played the air guitar. I saw the oh, air guitar. Oh, that's why he did the crab walk thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Poor Tanahashi moves like like Tim was comparing him to Hulk Hogan. He even did a leg drop. <laughs> I think. Uh, he did. He yeah. does like the. He's big. He's big chested like that. He does like the shoulder tackle. He got up on the top rope, but yeah. he's not used to those turnbuckles. I I was like, oh, this is yeah, that was, bad. That was, that, was, that was scary every time. I Look, I wanted to like this match more, and it's like more of like an understandable why. Like, Look, it was as good as I think it could have been. It, was, a, it was as good as it could have been. It's nothing wrong with it. It was as good as it could have been giving... I just felt bad for out. Tanahashi. Yeah, it made the me sad. I thought was actually funny... Was um sorry not this nothing about Tanahashi but MJF scheduled a tweet out in the middle of Trish the match like, saying like Andy sorry distracted <laughs> <laughs> MJF scheduled that tweet out saying like he's like by now I've beaten Tanahashi or whatever and it's like in the middle of their match right while right, he's like getting right. thrown around <laughs> do you see his video of him at the airport he's like I'm getting the fuck out of here yeah. <laughs> never again um so look. I mean, I thought it was solid for an opener. The crowd seemed to like it. And that's, that's, sometimes the crowd is, or makes like the match feel differently, obviously. Yeah, that made it feel a lot better than it was. So, I mean, pe- people were still into it, which is, which is good. Um, then we had the Owen Hart Foundation tournament uh, match. CM Punk versus Kojima. Winner was CM Punk. Whew. All right, this, again, this crowd was not a fan of Punk. All right, let's like let's start with that. Punk. Yeah, um, like, I think we know how it's going like, to be for now on outside of Chicago. I want to no, taste of your tears. Like Cry me a river, you <laughs> little bitches. <laughs> um, but dude, punk punk ate it up. Was like flicking them off the entire match. Like there was one guy standing over there, just like the entire time with a middle finger up. But Punk ate it up, man. He he came out first listening like he did last I week. I don't know why he keeps doing Hulk Hogan shit. I know years ago he called Hulk, <laughs> Hulk called Hulk Hogan a piece of shit, but I don't know if like he's still double downing on that because this is the second match he's done like the big boot and this and the leg drop. I th- can I tell you what I think it is? I think that Absolutely. people behind this I think people behind the scenes are saying that he's like Hulk Hogan. And he's like a politician and all this stuff, so he's fucking with them and just saying, "Oh yeah," Damn. and then like, yeah, and just Dude, like, "I'm all I'll, I'll show you how to get." Because because punk's now, petty like that. 
We'll get into it because we're going to talk about the Kojima. Kojima, Lariat, Lariat. So Kojima is 52. They had wrestled apparently back when Punk was in like ROH and stuff. And there's a story Um, about that. Apparently there's a video, there's a video surfaced and he's sitting with some mojo and he goes, I don't know why he's yelling Lariat multiple times. I think he was was basically that like he. I think he was basically saying that Kojima beat the shit out of him. And he's just yelling, Kojima, Larry, Larry. <laughs> oh, you mean like like telling him, like trying to communicate? Yeah, yeah he's like, he's like, Kojima, Larry. So like yeah, 20 years later, so he got in, him back last so then, night. Yeah, so then in the corner, he's, he's clotheslining him in the corner. He's going, Larry. Larry, they looks at him. He goes, Kojima. <laughs> it was amazing. And Kojima's flexing was... his Kojima's flexing his pecs, and then Punk flexes what pecs he has, and he's just like yeah, robotic. He does one, and then he just like <laughs> switches to the next side. Dude, he's having fun with like. He's like, you want to shit on me? But he's like, I'll give a shit. And that's the thing. I, I love. It. I love. I love, I love this. Yeah, I love this Punk. That's like you don't like me anyway. You don't like you didn't like me when I was trying to be nice. So the people so that are I'm gonna just... like him are gonna like him, heal or not. He's like, so why am I, you know, being nice? So he's like, you know, fuck yeah, you. That's great. Um, apparently, but, Punk dude, and Samoa, the Elite and all those guys were kept separated backstage. But if anybody's never seen the video of him talking about the first Kojima batch, it's on YouTube. There's a clip <laughs> of it, and Samoa Joe is next to him, just cracking up. And thinks it's like hilarious. I posted it on our our socials today. But yeah, yeah, he's he's telling the story, and Samoa Joe is doing a shoot interview next to him. Just thinks it's so funny that (laughs) Punk like got the (laughs) shit kicked out of him by Kojima. Um, Lariat, Kojima. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so yeah, Punk was the winner, though. I mean, I'm saying Punk goes all the way. I still. Think it goes down, gets down to uh, Punk and Samoa Joe. I think Jeremy, you thought it w- would get down to Punk yeah. and Starks at the final four. Yeah. Um, next match. Oh god. Okay. I'm gonna try to be nice about this match. I'm sure some people thought it was amazing. Shibata versus Orange Cassidy versus Zack Saber Jr. versus right. Daniel Garcia. We Fatal need to say something. AEW International Championship. We need to say something right off the bat. We understand that Andy and myself's tastes are different than a lot of people. We understand that Jeremy might very much have liked this match. I'm open-minded to the discussion. I just... (laughs) At one point, the crowd started giving it a standing ovation, and I didn't understand. And I'm hoping that someone can explain it to... And I'm just hoping someone can explain Jeremy, it. Explain to this to us. Ex- explain it to us. I don't understand. Which, which part I, of the big Okay, there's. A, I don't like it. Me and Tim, we don't like it when, say, one guy does. I call it. I call it testing your your strength. Of just like one guy or, or one guy does. One guy does a suplex, and then the next guy does a suplex to another guy, and it's like a chain of suplexes, different people. And they, they just do the pass each other around. Just pass it around, and it, everyone's like standing up. And I was just me and Tim were just like, 
Why are you standing up clapping right now? All they did, all they did was all suplex came, each other. Then when it came to Kenny and Will, we're like, this is what you should be standing yeah, up and clapping and for. And that's the thing. People are like, oh, Tim just looks Jim Cornette and like stands whatever he says. No, dude. I was, Andy and I were freaking out during the Kenny Omega match. We were like, this is wrestling. But like, uh, I did not understand. You know, who I, what, you know what I really liked about the match? I liked Zack Sabre Jr. He stood yeah, out to I me. Like, I like Zack Sabre Jr. He did this match, yeah. I liked the yeah, last couple sequences with him. I thought they were really good. We did, yeah. yeah. We did say that we liked the last few minutes of the match. We did. We thought those were good sequences. But there was like some stuff where they now all just passed each other around and suplexed each other where everybody is, is getting up and like. Fatal 4 has got to be hard. Bro. I'm not a wrestler, man. I'm not a wrestler. Fatal 4 have to be hard. All right. I'll just say. You know when you know when the match was good. The match was good when it was one on one for a little bit, and other people were either on the outside. When you had one guy going against it, and then but it got silly to me when it's like a chop fest or a back and forth like go around circle punch each other kind of thing. People love that. Yeah, I know. If that's your kind of thing, I get I it. Whatever, like it's not part. for me. That was a lot of things in the show too, with the because that's a Japanese strong style thing with like chopping yeah. back and forth. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of me and Tim did not like during this. We we I, just want to. Why in every match that. did you have to do the chop test of strength? Every single match we counted. They what? all did the. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing you guys didn't like the part where Daniel Garcia was dancing and then. No, no we hated, we hated that. Yeah, we were hate. We were we were being full haters. You saw the TikTok. You saw the TikTok, Jeremy. The TikTok was making on, fun of it. I was sipping on it when you accidentally pressed the taunt button during the video game. <laughs> and just kept I was, dude. I taunt. was sipping on. I was sipping on an ice cold glass of Haterade every time he started doing that dance. <laughs> when it was Orange Cassidy, though, there were parts. Again, Zack Saber Jr. was my favorite part of the match. Because it, it felt serious when he was in it. Yeah, he is very good, actually. Like, I actually really like him. Um, so. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's going to beat Orange Cassidy now for the title. I don't know. I don't care. Danielson's all about Orange Cassidy, apparently. He talked about it during the media scrum. He said, I wasn't so sure about this guy when I started watching AEW. And then the more I watched him and really watched him, I was like, this guy's great. That's what he said during the media scrum. Whatever. He's not my cup of tea. He might be yours. You like who you like. All right? You like what I you like. I like a guy right? that, has, that has multiple DUIs and is breaking <laughs> down. <laughs> That's Andy's favorite. <laughs> Do I enjoy to watch him wrestle now? No, but I still like him a lot. Um, <laughs> next match... I'm just gonna say it was fine. It was fine. Jungle Boy versus oh, Sonata. Yeah. yeah, we both just said this was fine. This the best part about offensive. it, which I heard, I heard it might happen, was when they're walking up the ramp after Jungle Boy loses. Jungle Boy turns heel and attacks Hook. It's what Jungle Boy needs it or needs it with yeah. his character. Heel Jungle Boy. The real Jungle Boy came out during that heel turn. During that heel turn, we all saw the real Jungle Boy's face finally emerge. That smirky asshole. I was like, "There he is! 
There's the real guy. Be yourself. I said, I, I said, there he is. He's in there now. <laughs> but he he just made a hook a little pissed off, so um I hope Hook beats his ass on television. And Taz said Taz, Taz says Taz was hot. He's he a dead man. You're dead, dead man. man. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, you don't know what you just did. Um and I I read that he might turn. I also read that uh, I think they're planning, and I think she needs it, a heel turn for Bianca at Money in the Bank. I think she needs it after all this time. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. <sighs> Speaking of things I don't like. Eddie Kingston, Ishii, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks versus Blackpool Combat Club and Shota Umino. <sighs> all right, again, um, Andy and I understand. That people's taste. The same things. Maybe the same things we didn't like in that <laughs> match in the in the fatal four way. We did not like in this match. The chopping, yada yada yada. That it's stuff. A mess. But I also. I didn't know who was in. I hate tag matches when I don't know who's in. Who's the legal it's always man? With the corpse. It's always with the corpse referee. <laughs> it is always with the. It's corpse. always because it's. Now, well, well, well I, when I, they walked out to the ring, I looked at Andy and said, uh, I said, oh, God, look at who the referee is. And Andy was like, well, that's because the Young Bucks match. are the match. Yeah. Yeah. So I, want, I wanted to read you all this when we got to this point. This is something that uh, Bubba Ray Dudley said. He said, so I, about during this match, he said, so I had my phone in my hand last night and I was about to tweet and I was going to tweet directly at Tony Khan. I was going to do one of my dear Tony tweets, but I decided not to. I'll say it here. I hope uh, in between producing the show last night and scrolling through social media that Tony took the time to take the headphones off and listen to the people when it came to Eddie Kingston. You had a boatload of talent out there last night, but 15,000 people were chaining Eddie Kingston during that match. Eddie Kingston is your star, Tony Khan. Eddie Kingston is your star, Tony Khan. Eddie Kingston is your star, Tony Khan. The way he talks, the way he does the thing he does, I don't care about his matches not being perfect. I don't care about Eddie Kingston walking like he has two broken ankles that never healed the right way because, <laughs> oh, by the way, I think he has two broken ankles that never healed the right way. I don't care that he has a belly. I don't care he has pasty, that he's pasty white. I don't care that he's unshaven. He's real. He's as real as it gets. If the Danielsons of the world and the Omegas of the world are your pro wrestlers, and if Jericho's of the world and the OCs of the world and Darby's of the world are your sports entertainers because they have gimmicks, Eddie's your credible guy. Eddie's your Dusty and your Terry Funk. Eddie is the guy that when he talks, you believe in more than anybody else. Eddie's the guy that comes across as middle-aged and crazy. There's nothing that Eddie has done since he has come to AEW that I don't believe in. Some of his stuff in the ring is a bit corny because he tries to do that Japanese, like when they do the chops in the corner, when they try to emulate that Japanese thing. I can probably do without that, but that's just me. He said, if Eddie honed and tightened his in-ring just a little bit, tiny bit, and he doesn't have to do that, Dave, because he's so good when he talks. I mean, Bubba more, but... dude, Bubba Ray's on the money, dude. I love Eddie Kingston. I don't, like I don't care. We were saying last night, I love Eddie Kingston. I don't care when he does that shit, though. But everything else, because I believe him and his character. He's not even, it doesn't even feel like a character. I said last night, too. I said, dude, Eddie Kingston's awesome. I was like, I love Eddie Kingston. As soon as he pulled the straps down last night and I knew that they were about to get in a chop fest, I told Andy, I was like, here we fucking go. I was like, this is the only thing I didn't want him to do, and now they're going to do it. Because it was him and Moxley going at it, yeah. which they did I beat like the, the sh- they did beat they did beat the shit out of each other. That's gotta hurt. 
big time. But in my opinion, Bubba Ray is right on the money with that comment about Eddie. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually surprised because Bubba Ray usually when he talks, I'm like, I hate everything. He hey, says. he's also a fan of LA Knight. I don't know if you saw him talk about to Tommy Dreamer about LA Knight. He said, "There's one guy on the roster blowing up." He's like, "He's like, he's got all the tools." Um, but winners of this match were Eddie Kingston e- Ishii. Uh, is that how he says it to him? Yeah. <laughs> Hangman Ishii. Adam Page and the Young Bucks. All right. I told Jeremy before we started recording, I feel bad that we were getting my haircut during this match. Even though we had it on in front of us, I should have paid attention more. But from what I saw... Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale, AEW Women's Championship. From what I we saw, watched. it was good. But I, I, our focus wasn't 100% there. I had, the, I had the hard parts of your haircut done by the time that the entrances were over. Okay, then I, then I didn't pay attention as much as I yeah. should have, all right? <laughs> it was right in front of my face. But we were, I was talking to you about stuff during that. So, yeah. uh, But Tony but Storm ended up retaining. Really I mean, I know Willow's good. And I know Tony's good, and they're both good separate. I just yeah, it was a I would, decent match. It wasn't yeah like an amazing match, but like the crowd was really behind Willow, which I thought was really cool. And and again, like the crowd made it, the match better probably than what it was. So um, I mean, it was a good match. Glad now this next match, next match I think was all of our match of the night: Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Match of the IWGP night by far. I say it's champion. Not even, not, not even close. Dude, it was so good. I, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start with it. I don't really know what to say other than like, it was great. Go watch it. Uh, it, especially if you saw their Wrestle Kingdom match, then this is part of that story, which will hopefully I, end in a trilogy. The way um Kenny sold those uh shots, like when Osprey was uh, slamming his head into the announcer's table. Oh, that oh, was yeah. a part that I actually looked at Tim. I was like, I was like, oh Jesus! And yeah. I said, dude, that's like the he fourth time he's done that. I've been, I had been watching him <laughs> slam his head in there for like a few minutes. Yeah, um, that was really good. Man. I'm trying to think and of then, some stuff that he did. Uh, so there was like a 12 year old kid flicking him off. Will Osprey then grabbed the guy's Canada flag, started wiping his balls and ass crack with it, stuck it up his nose <laughs> like Shawn Michaels. And threw it, and then he gave it to, or then Kenny ended up giving it to a kid, not even the real owner of the, the flag that was over. Guy. In the, the guy who yeah. brought the flag didn't even get his flag <laughs> back. I'm over here like what? The? Um. So, uh, Will like, Osprey did hit Kenny with a one wing and bag, bro. Will Osprey did hit Kenny with the one wing angel, but Kenny would kick out after a one. Yeah, which was kind of nuts. Um, I love, I'm a big fan of Will Ospreay's elbow. He does. I think it looks great. It looks, it looks like it, it does some damage. Unlike yeah. Okada's clothesline. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what ended up happening? So I believe did the, no, the match almost ended. So this is when Tim was talking about the crowd got off their feet and they should have gotten an ovation for this. Is when Don, Dude, Ca- Don Callis handed the craziest handed part Will of the Ospreay match. the screwdriver. Craziest part of the match was Will Kenny Omega put his foot on the rope. Yeah. So Don Callis, I believe, hands Will the screwdriver. 
Uh, Will's on Kenny's shoulders. Will takes a screwdriver down, hits him, and then hits his finisher. Goes for the pin, and everyone, they got me. They got me. That's what, it, that's everyone what he said. Th- thought it was me. over. And he looked at me last night after the kickout. He said, they got me. They got me on that one. Yep. Because <laughs> it, it, it would have made sense for the ending with the Don Callis stuff. Um, yeah. But Kenny put his foot on the ropes. And uh, huge pop, huge, huge pop. Now, me and Tim during the match, though, were confused that after Don Callis got kicked out, he returned. He came back down to ringside, yeah. and the ref so just the, let him stay there. The commentators were also confused, too. All these commentators said was, Oh, he's gonna get fined for this, but the ref didn't even try to get him out of there. Yeah, yeah, Rimsburg, the hell. I thought something was going to go on with the two bodyguards that looked like Bane, but nothing ever happened with the Bane bodyguards. I know. They look, yeah. I'm trying to think of something. I mean, both men were bloody. They beat the shit out of each other for a little bit. Um, Yeah. The tables turned, you know, the tide turned back and forth between the two. I thought the match was awesome. It could have ended the night, honestly. Could have been the main event, Uh, but... Will Ospreay would have... It was It was probably one of the best matches I've seen all year. I think so. I can't think of every match I've seen this year, but um, this is one of the few matches that actually had a story to it, though, because of their previous match, and if you know about their beef in the past, this, this actually is, had a story. I'm, I'm trying to think of anything maybe in particular that I would put... That, so far, I mean, we still got some... I mean, we're not even close to Christmas. We got a lot of, of the year left. But so far, I would say I think this is my match of the year. Yeah. I think so I far. For me. Yeah. Co- Cody and Roman at Mania was really good. But I don't... I was going to say, I liked, I liked Cody and Roman a lot, too. This, this might have been better from the drama. Well, there was a lot of kickouts in that match, too. But... Yeah, dude. I don't know. Something about this match. It was a fight. That's what Andy was saying last night. It felt like a fight. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of some other... Yeah, uh, I mean, my, I really this liked... This might be M- my number one so far. Who has MJF wrestled this year? Feel- him and Brian were it was good. Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um... Charlotte and Rhea at Mania was really good. There's been a couple here and there. That's a hard this one was, to beat, this dude. Is... Like, I told Andy last night, I said, I feel like this match is living up to the hype. You know what I mean? Like, It's a lot of hype for people saying that these are the two best wrestlers ever slash New Japan guys ever. I felt like they had a really good match. Yeah, and Tim, Tim never got to see the Wrestle Kingdom match. I don't know if you did, Jeremy, but I did, and um, that was really good too. I mean, that one, that one was amazing as well. So, yeah. if they get a third, it could be one of like the best trilogies, to be honest, that I've seen at least Hopefully in a long they time. Get a third at uh, all in. At all in. I yeah. told yeah. Well, I, I, I told, what I was telling I Tim. told Andy last night I want to see a third for sure. I need to see a third match. Well, th- yeah. So this is what I was telling Tim. Like they both are like kind of new Japan legends. They had their first match in new Japan. Then they had it in Kenny's backyard for the second match. Third match. They would have it in Will's backyard. Yep. In, in the dome yeah. or in the, in the, um, stadium the Wembley in the stadium. Wembley. Yeah. Um, he said he lives like 40 minutes from there. 
Yeah, you said that during the the interview or the media scrum. Um, yeah, this match was great. It was it was my favorite or all of our think favorite matches. Um, which for us, you know, we are marks for Punk. Uh, I liked it better than Punk's match. I and I, so, yeah, and I I liked I liked it way. I mean, I'm not gonna even lie. I mean, I'm a I'm a Punk stand, but dude, I like this way more than Punk's match. But I think there's a lot of factors. I think. Both these guys are in in their, if they're not in their prime, they're like Kenny's like just outside of his prime, and Will's like just in his prime, and uh, so like, what? Well, I mean, I don't it, know it, if you remember when I said this, Tim, last night, but I was like, this just makes me like realize again that Kenny is just so much better in singles matches. But we also said like last I enjoy night, watching him a lot more than with tag matches but we we also said last night that both of these guys when these when the two of these guys aren't doing six mans or whatever and doing goofy stuff if they want to have a badass pro wrestling match they show that they can have a badass pro wrestling match that's not funny and there's no like and they didn't do a bunch of dumb shit silly stuff yeah there's not like 500 backflips or gymnastics they had a badass pro wrestling match. Still doing some flips. They still did their stuff, but the story was really. But it made it. It seemed like it mattered though the things they were doing. Yeah, even, like even Will, when they did like Will, the flips. Will wasn't Will wasn't doing moon salts just all around just because. Like the ones that he would do, seemed big and important. Um. So after this match, we had a little bit of a cool-down match, I guess you could say. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara and Minaro Suzuki versus Sting, Darby Allen, Darby Allen, and Naito. All right. First thing that stands out with this match is freaking Darby or Sammy Guevara came down right on the back of Sting's freaking head. Tim thought it was the neck. That was that scared, scared the shit me. out, Tim. It freaked me out. Um, it freaked me out. I didn't. I didn't mind this match to be honest. Yeah, I thought the match was fine. I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to like it, but. Uh yeah, part of me thought I was going to like it a little bit more, but I think it's hard. Stink though. can still go, dude. At sixty something, he, he can yeah, still he go. Yeah, he moves really That's good. Crazy, dude. It is it crazy is. how good he moves around still. But I think. Were we talking Jeremy, about that last night? Jeremy, it might have been hard though, because you're coming off. S- Dude, that's a hard match to follow. Yeah. Like, that's a yeah. tough match to follow. I mean, this was basically the, the cooldown. Like this was the cooldown match yeah. for the main event. Yeah, and they, even the crowd was like great all night. Even for this match, they were kind of like a little dead. Which I was like, yeah. I mean, after watching that match, <laughs> going to this one. Look, if you watch the media scrum, Daniel Bryan did not want to follow. He's like, he's like, I really yeah. did not want to follow Kenny and and Will. Yeah. Which I can see why. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he said that before the pay-per-view or like, you know, because they found out they were going to main event later. I'm, I'm sure he was just like, uh, like yeah. I don't. Cardona, you know, everybody yeah, knows. I lo- in between. Everybody knows I love Cardona. I've cut his hair a couple times and stuff, and I just watched a, a, a th- interview with him. He went over to England a few months or like a few weeks ago and wrestled Osprey over there. And he was like, dude, Will Osprey's so fucking good. He's like, it's crazy how good it is. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, I mean, the, the winners of this match are Sting, Darby, and Naito. Um, everyone, everyone got to do their thing. I, I just... I don't know what Suzuki does besides just chop people. Sometimes that's how I fare about him and in Ishii. Um, like Suzuki just comes up and like chokes people out, and just like smacks them really hard. A lot of the a lot of the <laughs> Japanese a lot of the New Japan Japanese guys, the big stars at least, seem older. Not Okada, because we said last night Okada's only 35. <laughs> according to New Japan, though, they're like... Yeah, oh. according to, yeah, they make Okada out to be like all he's like 70. Guys wonder, wonder, they're like, all yeah, these like, young guys like, are after Okada right now. I'm like, he's 35. They're like, he's... he's. And I mean, I'm like, yeah. I guess if he's been around since he was like 17, yeah, he would be old, but... Finn is, Finn's in his um, 40s, but... Yeah, even during this Danielson match, there the one commentary guy was like, "It's been a while since Okada's faced someone younger than him." Oh my god! I'm so like, he's not old. Or, or he's or Kenny's older, older than him. Than <laughs> like it's like annoying though, because as someone who's thirty turning thirty three, I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I'm like he's not old. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of Okada, yeah. So the main event of the show was a dream match: Okada versus Brian Danielson. Now, I will say the winner of this before we we'll talk about the we'll say the winner and then we'll talk about the match. The winner of this was Brian Danielson. I did not see Okada losing. I thought they'd want to protect him. Yeah. Uh, the, I bet, was shocked. the betting odds, shocked if you were allowed to bet, the betting odds were for Okada to win. But because and Okada tapped out, it was clean. He tapped. Yeah. Next pay per view just to the final countdown. All right, next pay-per-view, just for shits and gigs, all right, just for fun. You guys down to throw all small bets in? I'm just, just, just one time, just to see. I'm going to do this it. Saturday. Wait, for AEW? I'm doing it for, like, all in. Oh. I want to do oh. it for AEW. Nah, okay. I can't tr- you can't trust the WWE because, like, right before, Vince will be like, nah, we'll change everything, pal. And then, like, all your... <laughs> like, all all your bets are all messed up. I don't trust it. Um, yeah, that's fine with me. But yeah, so Okada Danielson, what you guys think? I mean, completely different vibe for the match compared to Will and. Oh yeah. This was more of like proving who's the best, rather than the last one was a fight. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I still, I still really like this match, but it was definitely a different vibe, and it was like, like this was like competition while the other one was like a fight, you know. This one was also slower, which I didn't. It's not a bad thing, but it was just like different pace to it as well than Kenny and uh, Will. But I still thought I still really liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that Danielson won, but he did come down to the final count or. I don't know what music was for that night. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, we should talk about that. So, um, I mean, it started playing, and I I was like, I think I looked over at Tim when the final countdown started playing. I was like, I was like, this song, and Tim's like, yeah, this was his ROH theme. I was like, oh, okay. I know. When he debuted on, or when the rumor of him coming to AEW originally over a year ago happened a lot of people assumed that he would come out with the final countdown and then he came out with the kind of the remix 
of the Brian Danielson character or the Daniel Bryan character, which is cool and it yeah, works. But it is cool that he did bring the final countdown, just like uh, Punk using the AFI Masira Cantera song for the ROH entrance yeah. was so cool. I mean, apparently to Tony, that song costs almost basically. He said a wrestler's contract. Yeah, the final countdown. Yeah, would have. Well, they asked Danielson yeah. during the media scrum. They said, "Are you going to keep that?" And he's just like, he's like, it, it costs a pretty penny. He's like, I don't think so. He's like, unless Tony wants to. He's like, it costs a lot of money because they have to pay. I think it's like a crazy amount just every single time they play it. So it's like the entrance and also when he won at the end, they had to pay like twice. So, so during ROH time when he was actually in there, were they just like not giving a shit? They were just like, what? neither and exactly and neither, music and neither did and yeah. And, neither, on TV. Yeah, and uh, uh, ROH uh, Tyler Black used uh, Roderick Strong's music now that he uses the Kill Switch song. Oh, he did. Okay, uh, Seth Rollins used to be for those who don't know, Seth Rollins, WWE Seth Rollins used to be Tyler Black in Ring of Honor, and he used he used the Tim Kill actually saw Tyler song. Black. Yeah, I went. I had my ticket. I had my ticket over there. It was actually the night Jerry Lynn got inducted into the ECW Arena Hall of Fame, which that was cool. I was there for that. But uh, I love when wrestling uses real mainstream songs. I think it's cool. I think it adds something to it. Just expensive. Um, it's like WWE has their whole basic recording well, studio. And, and, I guess. Well, that that's the thing. Songs. Like the. There's things there's things that people don't understand. Like people will be like like that guy, the Sandman from ECW, right? This the Sandman. People will be like, How did this guy get so over? They see this these videos, he just has a kindo stick and he's smoking a cigarette and like all that stuff and blah 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 and you're, people are like, I don't get it. What they they're not telling you is he also used to walk down to the ring to enter Sandman by Metallica. So the fans would get fucking hyped up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. there's, yeah, like, I get it. like people used to put like, like Paul Heyman apparently used to put unlicensed or put licensed music illegally all the time to his people's entrances. And just since they were under the radar, no one ever said anything, you know, like, yeah, you can't do that with a national televised no show. Yeah. Well, um, so before we close out, yeah, is there anything you want to say specifically about the Okada Danielson match? I I thought it was Did a live up to the was, hype. I thought it was a great match. I thought it hard to follow I Kenny. I, I don't. I, think. I don't think. I don't think it lived up to the hype. And for somebody who listens to all of Cornette's pods, and I know Cornette hates Kenny Omega, I would be very surprised <laughs> if he didn't at least give this the. Uh, Kenny and Osprey match its props. It was so good, and and that's not taking any. You don't think away, o- it's not taking any way from from Okada and and, and Danielson or or yeah and Danielson. It's just I don't know, man. They they just were like on another. Do you level. think what if Kenny and Will wasn't on the show? It would have been the and best then match. You had of the Okada night. and Brian, right? But I also think would it have been I, viewed differently because you're not subconsciously comparing it to what you just saw. Maybe, but also the oh, crowd. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. But then also, like the crowd wouldn't have been burnt out. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, probably could have opened with Danielson and Okada. 
it's kind of funny with these main events now when you have these four hour shows because the main event kind of gets always has a dead crowd almost or not as like lively crowd. I mean, <laughs> we like we, four four hours or four and a half hours in. The one time that all three all three <laughs> of us stayed up. Yeah the 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 one time that all three of us went to Dynamite together. I mean, that was a long fucking yeah. night. That was a long night. We didn't even yeah, stay through Rampage. Rampage. And like I can't imagine being at a pay per view all the way till midnight with an hour drive home, maybe more. They also had the buy in beforehand. Yeah. So it's really five hours if you watch the whole show. Yeah, and it's just by the end, especially after the fans, because I feel like the fans save their energy for to give to what they feel is the best match, and I think they gave that. Or they energy. got a second win because they couldn't help it during that match. Yeah, and I feel like they yeah. gave. I feel like they gave their best energy to the to the Kenny and Osprey match. Yeah, I mean that crowd was really good um, for most of the show. But uh, yeah, I mean that's all I got to say about Forbidden Door. Unless you guys have anything to add, Tim, you can take us out with your classic show of the week. Um, yeah, that is it for me for this week. Um, let's or that for I like me. The, uh, I want to say this. That was, is it I, for I did us. like a lot about for. I do want to say this. I did like a lot about Forbidden Door, and there was a lot of things I didn't like. But overall, I'm glad I watched it. The good was really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely recommend going and, and ordering this show for sure. Um, it's hard to have a so, perfect pay-per-view. It's really, really hard. So my classic show of the week this week is a little different, uh, guys and gals. Uh, it is not a show. I one night stayed up this week. I was randomly just on a you know wrestling kick outside of what we normally watch, and I saw this documentary on YouTube, and it's Vampiro. It's called Vampiro Nail in the Coffin, and it's a two-hour documentary about. I think it takes place like right before COVID. It's about the wrestler Vampiro, who's Canadian. And it talks about a story of him moving from Canada to Mexico to become a huge superstar and then going to WCW and his career. But then it also focuses on him being a dad now. And he has a 16-year-old daughter who he's trying to make sure that she has a good life. And he moved her to Canada from Mexico. And he he works really, really hard. He And this is when Lucha Underground was still in business. He would fly... He'd fly down to Mexico, do AAA shows, do AAA pay-per-views, fly to California, do the Lucha Underground show, and then fly back home to Canada and spend the, a few days with his daughter and then do it all over again. Honestly, though, it's one of the best wrestling documentaries I've ever seen. Like, I, I was glued to it the whole time. And uh, there are some parts that are in Spanish with no subtitles. If you just can hang on two to five minutes and wait until the next scene to pop up. It'll go right back to being in English. I don't speak Spanish. Some of that was a little frustrating, but if you can, you know, because he's, they're doing interviews from all of his people he's worked with over the years, which obviously a lot of Spanish wrestlers uh, or uh, wrestlers that speak Spanish. So, um, but yeah, Spanish great speaking wrestlers, Spanish speaking wrestlers, <laughs> uh, but absolutely, absolutely fantastic documentary i did not know that vampiro was as great as a i mean in triple a he runs the cameras 
He runs talent relations. He's the one that's saying, zoom in, zoom in on his face. Like, right after, like, a big move happens, like, he controls everything. And it was very, very fascinating just how intense and how passionate he was and the love for he has for his daughter as a dad and how he says that his daughter always comes first before wrestling. And he'll call, he'll try to FaceTime her, like, you'll see him in the documentary. He tries to FaceTime her, like, four times before the main event starts because he just wants this like catch up with it real quick but highly recommend not exactly a classic show of the week but vampiro nail in the coffin documentary actually absolutely fantastic guys next week we're going to be back i, with I do want to say one thing i do want to say one thing um so next week we will be covering money in the bank but our episode next week will be out on monday not tuesday yes Episodes dropping on Monday this week. We got a little bit of, uh, you know, it's summertime, guys. We got we got plans. We got things we got to do. We got to enjoy family time. But the episode will be out on Monday. Uh, and it's going to be episode 90. Can you believe that we are 10 away from episode 100? Very cool. And we're, we're less than that from two years. Yeah, it's wild. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. You know, for almost two years, and it's been really special. I love both of these guys so much, and uh, this is one of my favorite parts of my week is getting on here and talking about uh, weekly wrestling with them and sharing it with you all. So we will see you back next week with episode ninety. Hope you all enjoyed episode eighty nine. Uh, hey, and don't forget follow us on social media at the PW Fan. We need your guys' help with that. It really helps us. Have a great week, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace.